Welcome to Leading the Evolution with Tanya Kunze. It's all about how successful people stay successful, no matter what life throws at them, how they balance business, personal and interpersonal, while staying positive and focused. Each episode formulates a story about how champions of industry have adapted, psychologically, physically and emotionally throughout their lives, and specifically to the new normal in 2020. Tanya is a neuroscience coach, author and global keynote speaker. And in each episode, she investigates and digs into the skill set and methodologies her guests have applied successfully to be agile in business, medicine and entrepreneurialism for you to practically adopt to your life. Welcome to the first episode of Leading the Evolution. I'm Tanya Kunza. My podcast is all about champions of industry and how they adapt to the new normal in 2020. Today, I have the most incredible champion of industry with me in studio, Mark Pilgrim. Hello. <laughs> Welcome, Mark. Mark is a multi-award-winning South African radio and television presenter who has been entertaining audiences for over 25 years and currently on the Johannesburg radio station Hot 91.9. You know when you said I've been entertaining audiences for 25 years, I'm so glad you, you could have rephrased that and I'm glad you didn't, so I don't know why I'm bringing it up. But, <laughs> you know, if you had said I've been entertaining listeners for a quarter of a century... Say that something. That would make me feel really old. I know. Thank goodness I didn't say that. I, I did. Why did I highlight it? I, I don't know. know. You should have backpedaled <laughs> on that one. But you're not only on radio, you also had the first ever reality TV show, Big Brother. And for so many people, did you watch Big Brother? I did. So for so many people, it was an obsession back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so are you still doing the intro or can I yak? No, yak. <laughs> How can I yak? Big Brother was a phenomenon. I remember at the time, the whole country was watching the show. Absolutely, we all did. The internet slowed down. This is true. The internet slowed down in South Africa because people at work weren't working. They were logging online and we didn't have fiber and broadband like we do now. And they were slowing down. They were bottlenecking the systems to try and see what the housemates were doing during the day. It was huge. And you got done a lot of firsts. The other one that you did was South Africa's biggest game show with the biggest prize money, Power of Ten on Mnet. That was another huge one we all watched. That, that was a big one. Well, I'm glad you said all watch because not everyone watched um the reason being yeah it was crap but <laughs> that's no. why we no we only did one we only did one season <gasps> but it was in terms of prize money the biggest one 10 million rand up for grabs we never gave away the 10 mil we gave away two people got a mil each wow okay. yeah all right well, back great, in the day that was a lot of money it was still not a so lot of money today. well no i'd still take it <laughs> <laughs> You're also an author and a public speaker and the ambassador of the Heart and Stroke Foundation of South Africa and Cancer. My God, I mean, that is just unbelievable. What, you, what haven't you done? Uh, and a friend for the Reach for a Dream Foundation as well. Wow. We, we like to call ourselves friends of the Reach for a Dream Foundation. That's incredible. So you really have been. How do you find the time to do all of these things? You know, when you really want to do something, you will find the time. A lot of people use the excuse of, I don't have time. Yes. If something's important to you, you will find the time. You'll either squeeze it in or you remove something else. Absolutely. And you've had so much time on your hands that you even did an MBA. How's that for managing your time correctly? Well, that's a, a good point because I couldn't squeeze it into my existing time schedule. So what I did with the MBA, yes. I decided, well, I can't fit it in between the normal eight in the morning and let's say eight at night. So I just woke up at four o'clock every morning for three and a half years oh my gosh. and created new time for it. 
How have you adapted back to normal now that you don't have to get up at four in the morning? So easy to lapse back into waking up a bit later and then going to bed a bit later. So whereas before, when I was getting up at four in the morning, I'd by a hopper's day at nine o'clock, I'd be knackered. Yes. Now it's, you know, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. Okay. But there was something magical about getting up at four in the morning, knowing that you were doing it because you wanted to achieve something. Yep. It's before the family woke up. It was deadly quiet, a cup of coffee, the darkness, me studying for two hours. It was a great time. There were times when I woke up and went, what the hell am I doing? But I believe if you really want to achieve something, goals are great when they're difficult, but they are achievable. Absolutely. And you know, you have to push yourself. If you're outside of your comfort zone, that's where you're growing. Absolutely. And that's where the most powerful things happen, when you actually have to find the strength to get up and have the tenacity and drive to make it happen, which you've done. And what's really nice, which I tell a lot of people about, is I decided to go back to university at the age of 46. And I've often used the hashtag on social media, hashtag never too old, because a lot of people have these, these goals, these dreams, these aspirations, but as they get older, they think, They've passed that opportunity to do it. And I'm here to tell you, whatever it is, piano lessons, singing lessons, flying an airplane, swimming with a dolphin, writing a book, coming out the closet, whatever it is, it's never too late. Never too late. I've just started studying cognizant neuroscience through robotics. And it's fascinating to learn how similar we actually are to computers and how programmable we are. And you don't even realize how close to AI as the human species is. It's It's amazing. And it's always important to keep the brain going. It's so easy for the brain to stagnate. That's almost the default, I think, Mm. people go to. But to push yourself to just keep those neurons firing, it creates a sense of alertness. So whether it's your neuro whatever it was. Cognizant neuroscience robotics. Thank you. Say that 10 times fast. (laughs) Or, Or an MBA, or maybe it's a smaller course. Maybe it's an online course. I'm doing NLP at the moment. Whatever it is, just keep the brain going. Absolutely. And, you know, then you've got a wealth of conversations. So you and I could sit and have a conversation, which is exciting and expands the mind instead of talking about the news. 100%. Or which girl The Bachelor chose (laughs) on the TV show. You've been watching that. (laughs) (laughs) So let's just talk a bit about radio, because that's obviously where you are at the moment. And we want to talk about the radio shows and Our whole podcast is about how champions of industry, such as yourself, have adapted to the new normal and what you've had to do to change from one day to the next. You haven't had time to think this through. So when it comes to the radio show, how have you managed to work and and work from home and change your advertising and all those dynamics? Well, COVID-19 hit us all very unexpectedly. If you had said six months before COVID-19, there's going to come a time when you're all going to walk around with masks and a lot of people are going to be at home, not working or possibly working from home. We would have gone, you're absolutely bonkers. We've all watched video snippets of China when they're walking around with masks and you go, always looks so odd. And now here we are doing it ourselves. I know. And those movies, I remember seeing those shows and the one, the Stepford Wives or something, you know, when they're mm. walking around all morbid and no one's looking at each other and it's, it's a very demure environment. We're there. We've got that happening around us. We are. And it's how you take it from here on forth and go forward. Yep. Because it's not going to be the same as it was. And with radio, it was a big adjustment. Number one, of course, a lot of people had to stay at home. Yes. So we were faced with a situation where we couldn't be in the studio. Now, a studio, as we are in right now, think of it as a room where we're talking into mics. If one person gets the flu, 
at a radio station, mm. everyone gets the flu. So suddenly we had this situation where we couldn't be in the same room, yet the show must go on even more now than ever before because we became companions for people that are stuck at home. Yep. We're an information source, but more than that, we're entertainment, but we're companionship because Absolutely. a lot of people socially isolated and I became the other person that was in their home. Mm-hmm. So how, how do we get that show to go on? So technology is on our side. Five years ago, it might not have happened. But these days, a lot of us actually do have home studios, okay. which isn't as complex and as big as it sounds. It's a, a little mixing desk and a microphone. Yeah. And you have thick curtains, so it doesn't, your voice doesn't bounce off the wall. And for almost five weeks into lockdown, I did my radio show from home. How did you manage with your noisy neighbors? Well, every now and then, it wasn't so much my neighbors. It was my washing machine, which I always put on in the morning. And you think I would learn after the first time. And when it hits that spin cycle, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking and you can sounds like an airplane in the background. But that is one way of adapting. It's, it's the new normal, Absolutely. being able to do it from home. But I think for me, what was important as well was getting up every day. Dressing up for work. So I didn't do the show in my jammies. My headspace had to be in the right place. So everything still happened. From a radio station point of view, it's been a big adjustment because a lot of clients are now going, well, either we don't have the ad spend in our budget anymore because um, there's been a cut in budget, or it's a matter of we want to let clients know that we're trading during lockdown. We're an essential service. How do we do that? Because the radio station can't produce commercials. Oh, yes, of course. So how have you managed to get around that? So what we did with the, as a radio station, in fact, as a first in South Africa, what Hot 919 like did that. recently. Like did, first in South Africa, yes. We, we created a very simple online platform because traditionally when it goes through ad agencies, it's quite a process. Mm. You have to tick lots of boxes. You produce the ad. Radio stations do what are called live reads. Yes. Where... You don't produce your ad. The DJ on air will read it during a commercial break. But what we did at Hot 91.9 as a a South African first, we created an online portal called Lock and Load. Mm -hmm. A few easy steps online. You fill out a form. And within two hours, it's the turnaround time. Within two hours, your ad is on the radio. That's unbelievable. And at a dramatically reduced price as well for small to medium-sized businesses that were offering a special to entice their customers back and it's it's taken off remarkably well so we're affording more people the opportunity to advertise on radio they would never normally be able to you know a mom and pop store doesn't have the the budget to spend on radio absolutely so now if people want to take advantage of this how do they get in touch with hot 919 very simple hot 919.co.za and you'll see the lock and load deal And you just fill out the form and there you go. And so many of the smaller businesses, because that's also, we feel emotionally attached to the restaurant around the corner. Yes. You know, the mom and pop store. You know, I I want the big chains to survive as well. But for me, I've I've been a franchisee before in my life. I had a a store. Tell us about that. Well, that was a frozen yogurt store. That's a conversation for another moment. (laughs) Was it smooch by any chance? Yes, it was smooch. (laughs) We can get into that. But for me, knowing how people put their heart and soul into small business. Yes. And often they put their life savings into that small business. Yes. Hot 91.9 gives them an opportunity to... Advertise on radio, get it out there that they are trading again. Because you can open your doors, but if no one knows, they're not going to come. Absolutely. 
So we, we've been doing that on Hot 91.9, which has been hugely successful. Okay. And then tell me a little bit about, you obviously do a lot of voiceovers. I mean, you speak and people know your voice. And I think half the time you've been holding to your own voice on certain, when you're calling in certain places. Tell me a little bit more about the voiceovers that you've done from home and, and how that's worked out for you. Well, it is interesting because I do a lot of what they call IVR lines. So it's message on hold, telephone systems. Yes. When you phone... Uh, there's certain internet companies, you'll phone your doctor. There's a good chance it'll be me saying, thank you for calling. Dial one for sales. <laughs> Dial two for accounts. It's so frustrating when I phone through and it's me telling me to hold. <laughs> do you ever swear at yourself? <laughs> no, but I, I, I do want some secret pass key that I can bypass. I wish I had that. It, is, it has been difficult because a lot of the time as a voice artist, you go to studios. Right. As you do, as you go to the radio station to do your radio show. But having a home studio has changed things. And it's actually created business opportunities because clients who know that you have a home studio, they send through the script. So as an example, after this podcast, I go straight home and I've got a 20-minute audio visual to narrate for a client. The turnaround time is quick. I do it. I send it back. And they can still have their voice. That's amazing. Have you heard any other positive stories like this coming out of lockdown where people have gone and done something amazing with their lives where they had been stuck before? Well, a good friend of mine, a close friend of mine, he's been in the scuba industry for possibly the last 10, 15 years. Yes. Uh, leading, uh, one of the leading guys in the scuba world. He imports a, a lot of the product and he, I think he's linked to Paddy. I don't know too much because I'm not a scuba person. That's I am. All. I'm, you, a, I'm you, a rescue diver. There you go. I'm, yes. I'm not an underwater person. I don't do the blowing of the bubbles. But, but he is. And what they've gone and done is they've taken the traditional full-face scuba mask. They've 3D printed a little adapter. And they've put, I think it's N95 surgical uh, filters on the end. And they've converted scuba masks That's into brilliant. hygienic masks for COVID-19 which the doctors are now using in hospitals and I think that's what you need to do in these times you need to if you can look at what you've got and say how can I adapt it mm. how can I create a product because you don't want to exploit a situation no one wants COVID-19 but are there business opportunities right now yes you know you have to make it to certainly not exploit the environment but what I found is my business was completely client facing and I had three months worth of of talks and and clients lined up to get in front of and overnight that all changed so how I've used it to my benefit is that I've written my third book, which is about to be published. I've gone online with a course. That's very exciting. What's the book called? It's called The Power of Positivity, which I'm so excited to share with the world because I think we all need a lot of positivity right now. When's and it coming out? June this year. So June hard, hard copy or digital? It'll be digital. So ah, that's super exciting. Looking forward to that. Thank you. I'm very, very excited about that. And then obviously doing online coaching. So the online coaching component, especially for salespeople, has proven to be very powerful because they feel, you know, that, that whole separation, a lot of salespeople sell on relationships and now they're separate and they're really battling to connect online on a phone hmm. via WhatsApp. So, you know, there it also leads me into the events. You know, I'm supposed to go and talk in, in Las Vegas and I can't because COVID's preventing it. And I was supposed to go and talk in Toronto. You've done a lot of live events. How are you managing going online with the events that you've done and have scheduled? 
I think on a micro level, what's pretty much what you're doing now, there's a lot of Zoom meetings. So you almost feel like it's face-to-face these days when you're having that video conversation. Yes. In fact, it's quite nice because you actually save yourself a bit of travel time. You can actually slot in more in your diary if it's available for you. Yeah. To have more meetings in a day, which I like. But from a an events point of view, look, the industry was not ready for this. Could we ever be ready for it? I don't know. And I spend a lot of time at concerts. Mm-hmm. Our radio station is involved in lots of concerts. And what is remarkable is seeing how both artists are now doing streaming events from their home. And for a small fee, sometimes it's a voluntary contribution. Other times it's a, a, a set fee to get the stream. The artist will perform. And also what I see starting to happen now is events are happening where it's a collaboration. There'll be 10, 15 artists. It'll be an event. Yes. We've got one on Hot 91.9 coming up soon. And you subscribe. It's, this one is 100 Rand. And you get your ticket. And you're actually having a concert it's a live concert. It is in your home. Yes. It'll never be the same as rocking it out at Casalinga or some amazing outdoor venue. But You're still it's, there. it's what we can do. Yes. And what's great is it's generating a bit of income for the artists because freelancers are really struggling at the moment. Yeah, I think that's one of the – I think people that are entrepreneurial and the smaller businesses are being harder hit than anything – but having said that, I do have a client who have got 3,000 staff who, who had to retrench 300 of them recently and put the rest of the staff that remained on 50% income. Mm. So, you know, everyone has been hit in some shape or form. But the entrepreneur that maybe didn't have three months saved, you know, they, they're getting falling on desperate times. And, you know, a lot of the, the preclusions are that if you're a director of a company, you can't receive some of the funding. It has mm. to go to staff. Where the director is the life and soul of that business. If they go under, so do the staff ultimately. So it's a bit of a catch-22 out there. I think on a personal level, what it does highlight in terms of personal finances, we so often hear financial wellness people saying, you know, have your three-month reserve. Mm. This has highlighted the need for a three-month reserve. Going forward, if one doesn't have it now, when things do start getting back on track, there's certain things. You've got to be a Boy Scout. Yep. Have three months of reserve if you can, when you can. Yep. Because this shows how it is needed when you least expect it. Also, make sure you have a cupboard with a few spare cartons of cigarettes and a few cases of wine. <laughs> You're doing good things for the two industries. You know, I think as well what's, what's really important is that people realize that, you know, when, they, when they're starting to save and starting to build, they, they do need advice from professionals. And the financial advisors out there really can assist them. So they need to look to that, the correct type of insurance with good advice Mm. and just make sure that they are, you know, they're just looking after themselves first and foremost. We get so caught in that sort of, call it the proverbial hamster wheel of life where you get lost in getting things done. And I think this has made people sit back and look at what's important, what isn't important, who's important in their lives. And, you know, leaning into those things, I think we need to, Maybe find three pillars to leave with our listeners that you could, before we move on to anything more on the the motivational and positive side of things, which I think we're going to lean into now. Can you leave us three pillars of industry that you think as an entrepreneur or as somebody that's been in the business sector, even maybe from your MBA, from from the case studies that you've learned, maybe three pillars that people can lean into right now and take away from this podcast? Well, I think 
not speaking about the motivational side, because that's very much where I lean as well in terms of looking at the positive side of life, being inspired to to look up even in times of darkness. I think it's you have to look at your existing business. Yes. And you have to say two things. Number one, what can I do within this existing framework yes. to generate an income? Yes. And then you need to do a paradigm shift outside of that box and say, is there possibly another opportunity, either linked to this or maybe it's a brand new thread, which I never did before. Mm -hmm. But you have to open your eyes as much as possible to see if there is an opportunity because it might not be what you've traditionally done. Don't just sit there and wait for the old to come back. Absolutely. I always talk about the story about the buggy whips. You know, the guys Mm. that that were selling buggy whips and they said the automotive would never work. Well, they're under. So you've got to move at the times. But it also comes with a slight caution. And I think being all things to all people and being a jack of all trades and a master of none can also hurt you right now if you're too multifocused. So I'd probably agree with you and say, but three pillars. Mm. Don't deviate beyond that because you can't keep too much in the air Mm. and still be effective at it. So if you're trying to just be a smos, I think is the word we use. Um, I don't know if people understand that. How else would you describe the word smos? Um, You're trying to... I have no idea. I know me either. I can't think of a word. So someone that literally, you know, the person that says, right, I can do anything for you, ask mm. me and I'll run around and do it. You get defocused. So you mm. want to have clear focus. Okay, so that's one pillar. Can you think of anything else you'd want to leave? Well, I think, you know, it goes back to, and I don't know if your international listeners would understand this, a bucky brigade. Okay. So the, uh, a bucky is a, a South African term for a, a small Little van. Yes. You know, a little flatbed at the back, a tiny one. And so often you get the Bucky Brigades. They come in, they do half a job, and they disappear, and you never hear from them again. So I think whatever you venture into now, just do it with the quality that your brand will will last. It'll survive. Yeah. You don't want to bring your brand down, whatever it may be, because I think every second person at the moment is making masks. Yes, yes. And some very successfully, but honestly – some, if you order them online, it's like an eye patch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes your ears stick out and a whole lot You're going to be a wing nut for the next five years. <laughs> so there, now that's actually a very good point. Now, what if you ordered, let's say there was somebody that was in another business. Let's say they were manufacturing uh, street pole advertising and they had the means to create branded masks and you order from them. You've never used them before and the masks arrive and they're eye patches or they just don't fit they could have caused their brand so much damage because the one thing is going to happen is we're going to come out of this lockdown environment and life is going to resume in some capacity in a new normal. Mm. Now, they've just ruined their reputation out there because you're not going back there. Mm. They weren't good enough. And we have to be careful. And I think what I would advise is people starting to move into areas of passion. So, what do you what do you read up on in your spare time because mm. you want to know about it? What does your shelf look like? You know, what are the books that you lean into? And that is where you find your passion. That is where you'll be brilliant at it because people buy passion. Mm. And when desperate people selling anything, there's no passion there. Mm. It's desperation. People don't buy desperation. They actually push it away. Mm. So dig into what you're passionate about and, and create that. I wrote this book about the power of positivity because I'm passionate about mm. it. I'm passionate about sales, leadership, strategy. And that's also why the podcast is happening. How have people got through this? So that's what I'm talking about mm. when we're looking into those, into those aspects. 
I do want to mention as well, and it's always it's one of my little bugbears, is that whenever you interface, and I'm talking retail now, let's say you go to your favorite supermarket, and they've got all the protocols in place. 50 people in at a time, that's it, you have to wear a mask. Just remember that every single employee on that floor represents your brand. Mm-hmm. At any one time, when a customer is interfacing with that specific employee, mm-hmm. that person is representing the entire brand. And it's so important to instill the correct ethos into your floor staff that they are wearing their masks properly. Mm-hmm. They are polite to their customers. It goes back to a receptionist at a business. Absolutely. I, the importance of a receptionist can never be understated. First impressions last. 100%. They need to they are the front front of your business and if they are rude to the person who's coming to see the marketing person, the CEO, they will they will remember that that receptionist and that rep- receptionist represents the business. Yeah. And telephonically as well. Nothing's worse than when you phone a company is Yeah. No, what? What? <laughs> what? They can't speak. Well, emotional intelligence is Really, first and foremost, and I think when when you're bringing people into front line, you need to employ based on skill set given. I mean, that's that's a given. But then you got to look at the person. Do they represent your company? Do they present your company? Do they present themselves? How do they manage under stress? Because the one thing that you can guarantee is there are moments of stress in any organization. How do they carry themselves? And client is king at the end of the day. Client has got a choice. Whether you're a listener, whether you're a client of a coaching organization, whether you're attending an event, you have got a choice. I do a lot of work in corporate, and I've often said to people, the differentiating factor for me is the attitude of the person coming for the interview. And if I've got someone that's brought in 20 Udemy courses that they've gone through and they've just got a certificate proving that they've done it, and attitude that's great and positive and on par, and they're showing a lot of EQ I'd employ that person in a heartbeat because they're Mm. showing so much of who they really are. Let's talk about attitude because that's something you really wanted to lean into. And you've reached onto a little bit of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Let's discuss that and that journey for you. Attitude for me is it's what you've got total control over. Because during lockdown, a lot of people are very depressed and you sometimes can't physically change something. Maybe you've got a job which... Uh, you, you know, you're getting 30% of your salary now, or maybe they've, they've put you on hold for a couple of months. You can't change that physical aspect, but it's all about your attitude. Absolutely. You, you can control that. No one can put you in a bad mood. You have to choose to be in a bad mood. You have to choose to be down, or you can choose to see the positivity and, and look for that little light at the end of the tunnel. And it's not always easy. Absolutely. You know, you have to get off your bum and literally say to yourself, okay, what do I do? It's a paradigm shift. Well, the interesting thing is my third book, I've actually proven the power of positivity from a science, neuroscience and psychology perspective. It's about where in your brain you think, not what in your brain you think first and foremost. So if you have a random thought, let's say we think about, I always use my favorite thought about chocolate and you're thinking Sorry, about- did you say a randy thought? <laughs> what did you say? A, a what? A random thought. <laughs> <laughs> if you're thinking a random thought about yes. chocolate, huh. and just you know, your whole brain's going all over the place now. <laughs> I and enjoy chocolate with nuts. 
<laughs> I'm sure you do. It's it's it's. What did I just say there? I was trying to <laughs> trying to crack a joke, but I realised I just threw it into my own face. There. Yes. You did. You okay. Did. You threw that into your mm. own face, which is getting really offside now. So let's talk about the brain. Yes. So in the brain, if you're thinking a positive thought, you're thinking in the more prefrontal cortex and the frontal lobes of the brain, which are far more positive and more conscious. But if you're thinking a thought in the negative, I can't part of the brain, you start thinking a different thought that's debilitating. So it's the I can't and the Mm. I can part of the brain. So being positive then obviously translates into attitude, which is what you take out into the world. Mm. And we can prove this from a scientific perspective. So I completely agree with you. So if we look at engaging the mind from a learning perspective and the mind from a, from a positivity perspective, where have you had to dig deep in your life and had to really lean into being positive and finding that strength and using what you've learned to further your career? Well, I think we all have little speed bumps along the way. And one of the great things about neuro-linguistic programming is that, you know, the basic premise being if you change the way you represent something, you change the way you feel about it. And I think that's so important because I had cancer when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And there were times during chemo I had dark days. But I still remember saying to myself, one day I'm going to look back and I'm going to go, I did it. Mm -hmm. I'm not a survivor. I'm a thriver. I love that. Because I'm not a victim. I'm... I don't shy away from telling people the story, not because I want people to feel sorry for me, but I want to empower them to know you can have a a full blessed life. I had a heart attack 12 years ago. Wow, I'm in bonus time. This is wonderful. I'm I'm still around. It's it's remarkable. There are moments when people will go, why me, during a a life-altering event, but you've got to see the other side of it. And reality isn't what you think it is, what you think is your reality. Absolutely. And you've had attitude determines altitude. You have risen above anything that has possibly come your way. And you've said, listen, I'm a stayer. I'm going to make this happen. Mm. I don't care what you throw at me, world. I'm going to get through this and make it happen, including eating chocolate nuts. <laughs> including eating chocolate nuts. <laughs> Dark chocolate. Um, I, I'm a happy person. I'm a positive person. But listen, having said that, I'm human. Sure. There'll, there'll be moments where I'll, I'll go, oh, yeah, I'm just... I'm, shit today you know it's okay you're allowed to have those moments too but the overriding uh, attitude has to be one of positivity if you want to go out there and get something it's up to you there's that phrase follow your dream this is a podcast i can say the word bullshit that's bullshit you don't follow your dream you chase your dream you've got to be in the driving seat you don't kind of like tag after the dream trying to catch it. You've got to go out there and you've got to chase it. It's not going to fall in your lap. Absolutely. And when I'm coaching, I speak a tremendous amount about focus. And if you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. Hmm. So what I often say to people when I'm coaching them is, what outcome do you want? Where do you want this to go? And you've got to find that one focus. And that's got to be everything you eat, sleep, breathe and dream about. You've got to want that more than breathing. Because when you do, that's when you make it. And that's how I coach people through from from good to great mm. and and really helping them achieve their goals is, is super important around focus. You've got two beautiful girls, Taylor Jean and Alyssa. And I just want to speak about how you've instilled integrity and good values in them. I think one of the things I do try and do, and thank you for saying nice things about my girls, uh, I, you know, they're my, they're my babies. I try and get them to use the right phraseology. And this, I suppose harks back to NLP. They're too young for me to have a discussion on NLP with them, but just in terms of the words they use. So it's about 
positive words as opposed to negative words. Because it's so easy to to put someone down or, or throw someone under the bus. But what about uplifting them? So my, the girls often fight amongst each other, especially my, my older one. She can be a bit snappy. And I'm, I'm teaching her at the moment how to rephrase something. So I don't want her to not communicate if she's frustrated with something. But there's a way to communicate. Uh, and, and that's the learning process we're going through at the moment. Yes, absolutely. Now, they're, they're very close in age, 7 and 10. So when the two of them start getting niggly, as 7 and 10-year-olds tend to do, how do you make sure that they learn consciousness in that environment as children? So one of the first things I do when my older one will snap at the younger one, and my younger one quite often stirs, so the older one snaps. And then when the older one snaps, the younger one's going, <laughs> I'm slaying dad's good books. <laughs> so it's all a manipulation. But I'll, I'll, I'll say to them, and it's often in the car, actually, I'll say, how can we rephrase that in a slightly different way? Or if my daughter responds with anger, I'll say to her, what other way could you have responded to that? Let's look at that. Just getting them to think about it, because once they think about it, it's in their head. Absolutely. And what we're talking about here, listeners, is we are saying that we can reframe any environment. Typically, people are reactive to something that happens to them, and there's an underpinning reality behind it. So it could be that they are feeling like they need a bit of attention, and they throw a tantrum for it, or they feel like they're not being heard. There's always an underpinner, and if you can find that underpinner through mm. conversation— it dissolves the argument because suddenly whatever you actually wanted to come to the fore did. So it's about mm. being authentic. It's about being full of integrity. And these are the things that we really need to focus on. So talk to me a little bit more about authentic and integrity in your world, Mark. Well, I think one of the reasons why I've been successful on radio and TV for 25 years is I like to believe it's my authenticity and my integrity because how I am on air is how I am off air. So whether you bump into me in the mall or I'm chatting to you on the radio while you're driving in your car, I'll have the same sense of humor, you know, the same kind of inane banter. I am me. And that's what's wonderful. I'm not putting on a character. I'm not putting on a persona. And I think it, that actually makes it very easy to retain that authenticity. I'm not trying to get into character. Absolutely. And a lot of people do get into character and it's not sustainable. So the interesting thing is I was uh, being interviewed in America and I was sitting in my dining room. It was a Zoom call and I've got two pugs and the one got out and it started snorking and panting and the other mm. one started chasing it around and the one found a squeaky toy and started squeaking it. And I mean, all of this was going on on air live in this podcast. And I got off the podcast and I was devastated. <laughs> Hold on, my word, they're going to think we're insane down here in South Africa. Mm. And I posted a short video and I had close to 11,000 likes and views of that particular video. That's amazing. Can you give us some tips that you've used through some of the more trying times in your life that have really helped you pull yourself through? So I know you've done a visualization of the future. Mm which I think was incredibly powerful to say, I see myself in five years' time. This is where I'm going to be. I'm through this, and I am going to look back at some mm. time and go, you know, I've done this, and remember when. And that's a very powerful visualization technique. But is there anything else that you've used from a NLP perspective or maybe some of the learnings of NLP that you've derived recently from Udemy that you can share with us that they can take away? Well, I think one of the most important things being um, if you are – struggling at the moment 
is to reach out to someone. Mm. I mean, that's that's a primary message for me. If if you're feeling down, if you're feeling depressed, there is someone out there, whether it's uh, the SADC the helpline, whether it's friends, whether it's family, get on that video call. You're, you're at home alone, but there are people there that you can see and talk to and just give a sense of normalcy to by having conversations with them. So that's my primary number one thing. If you're feeling down, reach out. Absolutely. And I want to actually put this out to our listeners right now. Please, if you can try and identify at least two people that you know that are alone in this time or are really having a difficult relationship with their family that they're with, if you could please just take the time to make that phone call or have that that video chat with them and just help them just say hi. It doesn't have to be a big mm. coaching session or it doesn't have to be anything more than just hi, I'm thinking about you, how are you? And just reach out to people that, that are in need. Absolutely. Be proactive, actually. Don't wait for the, the person to phone you saying, I'm not in a good space. Just reach out. Absolutely. Just touch base. We've got to look at our three core bodies. We've got to look at our mental body. We've got to keep your mental body stimulated. So learning something new every day. Learn a new word every day. The internet's full of the most amazing things mm. we can learn. It doesn't even have to only be a course. Mm. But learning about yourself is incredibly powerful. Then, of course, it's your physical body. So exercising. And there's a wonderful array of, of exercise videos and groups. I know that you've been doing that as well so you can tell us a bit about that and then obviously you, you've got to look at your energy how are you feeling and really check in with yourself and go how am I doing how am I feeling in this time right now because those are the three most important pillars of your of your world that you have to try and adapt to your new normal yeah something else from an introspection perspective we spoke a lot about it before the show was the love languages the five love languages mm. and i know you've done a tremendous amount of investigation into that so just for the listener's perspective you've got the love languages of acts of service you've got um physical touch uh buying gifts quality time and words of affirmation do you want to unpack that a bit for us well, when, I, when you say I've done lots of research and investigation, just informally, because I'm curious about it, not from a formal yes, point of view, yes. an educational point of view, I just think it's nice to be equipped with that knowledge as to what your love language is, and when it comes to your partner, what their love language is, because if you're speaking in different love languages, there can be a miscommunication. And let's look at a practical example. I love quality time, and I love touch. Those are my two big love languages, touch first and quality time. Let's say, for instance, your love language. What is your love language? So both of them, the same as you, I've got, I've got acts of service and I've got physical touch. So let's say that for this example, your love language was gifts. Yes. And I'm trying to show you how much I love you by wanting to spend time with you all the time, but your love language is gifts. If I really want to make you feel special, I should get you something. And we're not talking necessarily about a, a car or a ring. It's, it can be something small. It can be a chocolate when you come back from the shops. That's your love language. And if I'm not communicating to you in your love language, there's a slight disconnect. 100%. And I think that that could also be why a lot of relationships don't work. Because people are loving to their best capacity, but they're doing it in a language the other person doesn't understand. So we need to mm. really look at that. And, and, that and I think what's important as well, sorry to interrupt, is that you don't have to have the same love language to be a great couple, but you have to know what each other's love language is. Absolutely. And that's about consideration and respect and to speak to that person in their way. Another thing we need to look at is with children. So we can, at a certain age, ascertain a child's love language. Now, most children we can default is quality time. How many parents are sitting on the couch with a laptop, a phone, 
or some kind of distraction, they're with their children in the, in the environment thinking, oh, I'm spending time with my child, mm. but they're not engaging that child. Mm. And that is a very, very big aspect of today's problems with children where they're feeling very unnoticed. So then they'll act out and they'll start behaving badly mm. and then they get attention, but it's the wrong type of attention. Yeah. So we, we lent into this because we wanted to find out about how to find out more about ourselves. There's something else we want to look at and that's your representational systems. We're talking about audio, visual and kinesthetic. And we also need to consider that those are aspects that come into your learning profiles tremendously. So we're doing a lot of online learning at the moment. And just to give a heads up there, you know, if you've got a child who's got an audio representational system and you're saying to your child, look at me when I speak to you or when I teach you, you're losing that child in that moment. So it's very, very important to not only understand your own representational system, but also that of your child, especially if you're of the one of the moms doing homeschooling, which is mm. really, really pertinent. Have you found with your learning methodologies, you got up at four in the morning and you started studying? And I mean, an MBA is tough and you managed to achieve that. And really well done to you on that while working, while having the full life that you have. But what would you, would you say your learning capacity is? How do you like learning? Are you audiovisual or kinesthetic? I'm visual kinesthetic because I think as well, we, we like to put things in boxes, but sometimes we're a bit of all of them or some of them. I'm very visual. And extremely kinesthetic, which is sometimes less common for a guy. So I'm, I'm quite a touchy kind of person. Really hard during COVID-19. But w with people that I love, I, I like to touch. And extremely visual. Extremely. So when it comes to learning for me, I have to see it. I can't do an audio tape. So even with, uh, and respectfully, even with audio podcasts like this, is, I'll be listening. My mind will wonder then I'll come back because I'm not audio at all, which is really strange considering that I'm a radio DJ. I'm actually strange. not audio at all. If you want to get the message home to me, it, it can't be a telephone conversation. I need to either read it visual or I need to, I need to see you talking to me. And then it really, really hits home. That's why I also think I don't know what songs sing about. My favorite song. I have no idea because I don't listen. That's so fascinating. Now, I'm audio, and I can literally sing the best karaoke because mm. I know every word to every song, particularly 80s music. I think it's when we really did a lot of listening. But I tend to listen to the words rather than the tune, and you listening to the tune rather than mm. the words, which is fascinating. And how we all operate so completely differently completely fascinates me. I love it, mm. and I love investigating it and understanding the psyche of people. And I think – we are going to be moving a lot more into this because we, what we've taken as normal, that the, the visual cues are dissipating. Mm. And we're going to have to start understanding more the psychological cues of people, which is what I'm hoping is going to start transpiring because it's going to make real communication mm. far more powerful. So, Mark, we're coming mm. to the end of our podcast together. I'd like you to leave one word of advice for me, for your, for the listeners, to, for them to take away about positivity, about coping, and about everything we've spoken about today. What is your statement you want to leave with, this, with the group? When I leave home every morning, or if I go back home in the day and I leave again, whenever I say goodbye, I'm a gadget guy. I've got Amazon's Alexa set up all over my apartment. And when I say goodbye to Alexa, and that is a command for her to switch off lights and make sure the heaters are off and all that. She also blurts out, happiness is a choice. Choose it oh, and have a that. wonderful day. Oh. And that is the message that I programmed for her to tell me every single day 
that you have to make a conscious choice to be happy. You know, the default for many people is to, to go into the dark place. And there's some very valid reasons why some people are there. But you have to look up. You have to see the light. You, you might not always be there where the light is. But as long as you're looking up, you're in the right direction. Absolutely. And I'm going to close off talking about, I love that. And I'm going to talk about RQ, recovery quotient, which you've referred to now. It's okay to dip down as long as you come back from it. And it's how fast do you come back from a bad thought, moment, situation is your recovery quotient. And we need to expand on that. If you loved what Mark was saying, you can follow him on Twitter at MarkPilgrimZA and Hot 91. Every morning. Absolutely. Don't miss that. It's amazing. <laughs>